0: king of kings and hallelujah to the lord of lords lord we are so thankful today we are so thankful for your goodness we are so thankful for your amazing grace we are so thankful that you came as emmanuel god with us lord today god and we celebrate you we we remove every other reason for the season and remind ourselves that you are the reason for the season lord today lord we're so thankful today thank you for your faithfulness thank you for your grace Thank you for your mercy and love, Lord God. And as we continue on in the service today, God, we just ask, Lord, right now that you would speak to each and every one of our hearts. God, that you would reveal yourself to us in a fresh way that as we've gathered together to connect with one another, that our first priority would be to connect and to engage with you, to allow our hearts to be open, for you to share with us whatever it is you need to share. God, in this moment. So God, thank you today. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you would just remain standing for just a second, just before we make our declarations, I want to tell you, thank you for being here today. Thank you for joining us online today. It's always so great to be a part of a service where the Spirit of God is moving in our lives and changing us today. And so, hey, wanted to remind you about our Heart for the House offering. We mentioned it, but wanted to touch base on it real fast, just to let you know that we're working with Gene Howe Elementary and I'm not sure if you know this, but it's one of the poorest schools uh, in our area. And uh, the counselors have um, given us the names of some family members that are really in need this year. And so we're gonna be outfitting some kids that m- many of them have holes in jeans, holes in shoes. And uh, growing up poor, I can really identify with that. And I'm very thankful that we get to be a part of that. Um, we're also uh, gonna be working with the We Find Love. It's a refugee center uh, here in Amarillo. And um, you know I don't know exactly where you're taking is on all the refugee people that are coming in, but I think it's a great opportunity for you and I to spread the love and hope of Jesus Christ. And so I'm excited about what we get to do. We're going to be passing out food um, this Saturday. And so in fact, we want to encourage you to come be a part of the serve day this Saturday at one o'clock. We'll be putting together baskets of food, putting together some food thing, and then actually taking it to the families and dropping it off um, on their front porch. And it's just a great way for you and I get to be a practical expression of the love and hope of Jesus Christ, which is our purpose as a church. We're a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ. So I want to tell you a couple things. First of all, plan on being here this Saturday at one o'clock, but also be praying about what God would have you to do as we kind of do this outreach thing. We're also looking at helping the We Find Love um, maybe with some computers and different things like that based on kind of what comes in. And then of course, we're helping our missionaries. So Thank you for being so generous. I know that you guys are incredibly generous. Um, Over this past season that we walked walked through with COVID, about 20% of the churches in America actually closed their doors, and a lot of it was for for financial reasons. But you guys have continued to be generous, and so I want to tell you, thank you in advance for praying about what God would have you do in the Heart for the House offering. Listen, if each person does what God puts in their heart to do, we'll have more than enough. So you pray about what God's telling you to do, and it, it might be something that you're going, man, I wish I'd give more, but do what God tells you or it might be kind of overwhelming and scare you, but I promise you, if you just trust God, you'll be amazed at the supernatural blessings that will begin to take place in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to make some declarations over our life because we really believe that the tongue has the power of life and death. And it's easy for us to remember it on Sunday and we can kind of forget it throughout the week. We're speaking negative situations, speaking about problems. And so we wanna just remind ourselves all the time that we wanna declare who God is, who we are in Christ and the power of his word when it's operating in our life. So let's say these declarations together. Y'all ready? Let's try that one more time. Are y'all ready? All right, let's go. God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do i am who god says i am i can do all things through christ god's word is truth god's word is alive and active in me and now because of what christ has done i'm highly favored greatly blessed and deeply loved. amen amen go ahead and grab your seats if you would if you have your bibles turn with me to isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 we're in our series on rejoice and i absolutely love this time of the year show of hands how many of you love this time of the year yeah, few ebenezer scrooges out there that don't love this time of the year you know a lot of times we don't love this time of the year because we get so busy doing things that we forget the reason for the season we, we forget how amazing this time of the year actually is. I have to confess to you today, I have not put up our Christmas lights outside yet. And the reason is, is we've been pretty busy, and I think that there are other things that are more of a priority. Um, I have a good friend who hurt his back putting up his Christmas lights, so because of that, I'm going to make sure that I don't do it, because you know, actually, I just haven't had time, and haven't taken the time. And, and I love this time of the year, though, because there is so much that you and I have to rejoice about. There really is. Rejoice means, and I think I've got the slide up here to show you, rejoice means to feel or show great joy or delight. To feel or to show great joy or delight. And I love that because sometimes you feel joy. I love it when I feel joy. I love when joy bubbles up on the inside of me. In fact, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength, but it also says that you are to show it. So sometimes when you don't feel it, you have to make a decision to show it. In fact, we often forget that to rejoice is actually a choice. Now, I will let you know that when you decide to rejoice and people know that there's some things going wrong in your life, they'll think you're crazy. But here's what happens, we have a financial setback, we have a health issue, we have a difficulty in a relationship, and what we do is we focus on that one thing that's challenging or negative instead of the hundreds, possibly thousands of things that are going on in our life that are extraordinary, that are amazing, that you live in a home, you, you drive a car. For those of us who can't see, you've got glasses on or contacts. It's amazing, there's just so many wonderful things and yet we focus on this one thing and we think that that's the reality, what it is. Listen, sometimes I feel joy. But listen, sometimes when I don't feel joy, I learn how to shout for joy. I promise you, get up in the, how many of you wake up grumpy in the morning? How many of you just let them sleep? No, just kidding. Okay, listen, when you get up in the morning, just jump out of bed and go, yeah ha! I promise it will set your day straight. The psalmist wrote this in Psalms 118, check this out. This is the day the Lord has made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. How can the psalmist say, this is the day the Lord has made? I'm I'm sorry, how can the psalmist say? (laughs) Got ahead of myself. How can the psalmist say, we will rejoice and be glad in it? Because he recognized this was the day the Lord has made. Listen, how many of you know the sun came up today? How many of you know the sun's gonna set today? How many of you know that God is gonna take care of you and provide for you? Rejoice. Listen, rejoice. I'm telling you, you'll freak some people out around you if you learn how to really be a rejoicer and learn how to be filled with joy. Listen, we all get off in a ditch sometimes. And how many of you would be honest and say, sometimes you wanna be in a ditch? You just kinda wanna be hacked off at the world. You wanna be mad at your spouse or whatever. Listen, you can stay there if you want to. But I promise you, there's no good fruit from that. And so the... The, the challenge is not the fact that we get off in a ditch, it's learning how to not stay in the ditch so long by going, "You know what? I know this is difficult, and I know I don't feel it right now, but God, I'm so thankful for all the amazing things that you do in my life. One of the things I'm careful is I do believe the tongue has the power of life and death. And you can ask my wife, I'm careful about talking about being tired or sore, or all those different things all the time, because I want to speak life over my body. So listen, at this Christmas time, we have incredible reason to rejoice because of the birth of a savior. The birth of Jesus Christ still fills the world with wonder. It it really does. No no other person, no other figure has actually entered into our world that defines and divides the world like Christ has. In fact, if you want to get people kind of riled at work, tell them about God and and they might be okay with you. You mention Jesus and people get a little nervous. Listen, and this Christmas, there are going to be over 2 billion people from several continents that are going to be worshiping and excited and rejoicing about the birth of Jesus Christ. Listen, the one called Emmanuel, which means God with us, it means that God is here. So this morning as we're gathered, whether you feel it or not, God is here. God is here. God is here. God is is with, with us today. Isaiah, the verse that I want to look at in Isaiah chapter 7, prophesied about Christ's birth. And here's what he said. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Could could Isaiah really have ever imagined how enduring and how extensive God with us would actually become to the world in which we live in? How important that reality would be that over 2,000 years later, human hearts still need to hear good news. In fact, as we go through difficult seasons, we can be just like the world and we can talk about the difficult season. Or we can talk about the goodness of our God. Everything that you're going through, you're going through. You're going to come out the other side, just so you know, but as you're going through it, wouldn't it be more enjoyable to go through it filled with joy, filled with peace, filled with excitement because you know you're going to get out of it rather than being depressed and angry for a week, a day, or a month, or years? You're going through it. Listen, so as we gather in this season that's marked by a desire to be connected, be connected with family, I want to remind you the importance of being connected with the one who came to save us that it's the priority. I love connecting with family, but it's about being connected with the one. And many of you really like to stay connected. In fact, how many of you would be willing today, show of hands, to admit that you're addicted to your phone? Pam Brown, go ahead and raise your hand. Anybody? All right, just a few of us. Listen, some of you, you send thousands of texts a month. And when you don't get an immediate response from your texts, you you start kind of freaking out. You you feel a little bit disconnected, and the reason is is because you like to be connected. You like for people to know what's going on, and you like for people to know what's going on in your life too. You just love that be to be connected, and. What would happen if in this Christmas season, in the hustle and bustle of all the busy time, if we just would back up and rest for just a second and recognize that God, the creator, Emmanuel, is wanting and desiring to connect with us. That he wants to engage with us. That he he wants to engage with us in a relationship because he is God with us. Now, in our attention deficit disorder society, it's hard for people to engage. And and you know how this goes. You're talking to somebody and they're looking over at your shoulder and noticing everything else or you're talking to them and you see the lights kind of go out of their eyes and you're like, hello, you're watching the Dallas Cowboys play. Go Cowboys. And somebody is trying to talk to you and you're just not engaged with them. It's it's easy for us not to be engaged, but God wants to engage with us because listen, there's a big difference in God being near us and God being with us. There really is. You know, we all have those crazy seasons, and you know, none of us can help it. Sometimes in life, we're just incredibly busy, and in fact, Christmas can be that kind of season where life is crazy, and you're just not connecting with your family. Right. You're, you're not connecting with your kids. You're not connecting with your parents or, or your spouse, and, and then you have that night. Where all the stars seem to be aligned and suddenly you're going to get a night to be able to be home and and kind of connect and engage with people. And so in your mind, eye, you, you see yourself as being able to have some conversations with family, catch up on some things that have been happening, kind of dialoguing with them. And unfortunately, it doesn't work out that way. You find yourself in those nights that you're in different rooms and someone's watching TV, somebody's playing a video game, someone else is, is you know, doing something totally different. And, and you get disappointed because even though you're near each other, right. you're not really with each other. Yeah, that's good. God with us. And, and I think for us that happens way too often with yeah. the most important relationships in our life that just because we're near them, we're not with them. And it's why we get disconnected so often that, that, that we learn how, need to learn how to connect or engage with people. And it really is a skill. In fact, one of the things that I talk to, teach when I talk to couples that are for either pre-marriage counseling or, or people that are just in a difficult season of their marriage is the issue of communication. That, that it's important that you learn how to listen to one another. It actually, they've done studies and it actually takes more energy to listen to somebody than it does to talk. Because in that moment, especially if it's a conflict, what you're thinking about is your response or you're thinking about what you're gonna do next and all these different things. And listen, it doesn't really take that much effort to be near somebody, but you really have to be intentional to be with somebody. And just so you know, the person that you're near knows that you're not with them. See, when you intentionally focus on them, you're giving them your undivided attention. And just so you know, it you, you don't do it and it stays there, because all of us have a little bit of attention deficit disorder, and can get, it's about refocusing though. When, when we come into a worship service, you know, were your thoughts on, man, I wish Christian hadn't cut his hair, or or were your thoughts on the fact of, oh hallelujah, you were singing the songs of worship. It's, see, it's easy in a moment to not be engaged, and especially as leaders. And I know that this church is filled with a lot of leaders. That As leaders, we have a tendency to be analytical and analyze things. And what happens is we're observing things and we're, not, we're observing the moments, but we're not in the moments. And it's important that we learn how to be not just near people, but be with people so that we engage and we connect with them. Listen, engaging with us is what Jesus actually came to do. It, it's, it's staggering to think about, the, the note that, that, God, that God came to be a God with us, not just near us. To think about that for a moment, that God, I mean, sometimes we kind of run, rush past the word God, and it's almost nothing more than a swear word, rather than the identity of the creator of the universe, that God came to be with us. I hope during this season you're able to step back and reflect upon that because I think that Joseph had a hard time understanding this. In fact, he was about ready to cancel the marriage because of the fact that Mary had turned up pregnant and he hadn't been with her yet. And so the angel Gabriel had to appear and had to explain to him the magnitude, the significance of the birth of Jesus and how important it was. And and I don't think it was just for Joseph's sake. I think it was for us, 2,000 years later, as we're reading this word and we're looking at it today, we can be reminded or we can learn for the very first time the magnitude and the importance of the birth of Jesus Christ. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Again, the angel's talking to Joseph and it says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, that the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Giving his son was the greatest gift that God could ever give the world. That he gave his son to save us from the sins that were in our lives. It's the revelation, listen, of God's generosity, that for God so loved the world that what? he gave that causes you and I to be generous it it causes you and I to allow generosity to begin to well up inside of us that it's not just about giving cash but about giving our lives about giving our attention about giving our energy about being all in with the creator of the universe because it's always easy to spot people that have been with Jesus it really is because of the generous nature that you see and you find in them that literally flows out of them And that's why many of you will pray about, and I'm really believing this, you're gonna pray about what God would have you to do in the Heart for the House offering, and you're gonna give so that we can bless kids at Gene Howe Elementary so that we can bless the, the refugee center, so that we can continue to do what we do here to minister the love and hope of Jesus Christ so that marriages are healed, so that bodies are healed, so that life is restored, so that faith is restored, so that hope is discovered right here within our congregation. That's why we do what we do. This matters for eternity. Listen, to all the other things we do, they're important, they're good, but they don't matter for eternity like what we do in the kingdom of God. It's about you giving and having that generous gift. And the gift, the greatest gift to mankind was Jesus or God sending his only son, Jesus, to be our savior, to save us from our sins. Yes. He came as one of us to be with us so that he could save us. It's, it's incredible to understand because you and I do not possess the ability within ourselves to save ourselves. Right. We really don't, no matter how good we are, no matter how hard we try, we can't eliminate the sin nature that is within us and the consequences of the sin nature that are in us. But that's exactly what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to set us free. Listen, he didn't come to help people learn how to save themselves. A lot of us were taught that way, that when you give your life to Christ, it's all by grace, and now it's the rest of it's all by works, that you've got to learn how to save yourself. Listen, he came to be our Savior. Pastor Richie, are you saying my right behaviors are not important? I'm saying your right behaviors are important. But listen, they're only the fruit of understanding that Jesus came to be a Savior. And all that that means. Listen, the Christmas story isn't about man's journey to discover God. It's about God's journey to connect with man, to to engage with you and I, to be in relationship with us. Listen, we don't just connect with God on Sundays and leave him here in the building and then come back and visit him again on Sundays. We take him with us so that day by day, moment by moment, when we're making decisions in life, when we're walking through life, we're constantly connecting with him and allowing him to speak into our life. Just so you know, God is speaking all the time because he wants to connect with you. Listen, sometimes when people give their life to Christ, they're so excited, and, and I understand this. They, they say, I found Jesus, and, and I get it at some level, but in reality, Jesus found them. Right. See, see, the Bible isn't about our journey to discover God. It's about discovering the journey that God took to find us, yeah. Yeah, to, to bring you and I life and life more abundantly this isn't just about heaven this is about an abundant life that God wants for you and I right now listen God is reaching out to man it's Jesus coming to man so that all that God is the inheritance that you have in Christ Jesus has been made available to you because of what Jesus has done Are, are you beginning to see this morning why you should rejoice Listen, I know you've got some challenging things that you're dealing with and sometimes they emotionally weigh on us so heavy. But listen, God's got an amazing plan for your life. There's an overcoming nature within you if you'll just learn how to connect with God, engage with Him. So this morning, I'd I'd like to show you the progression in these three verses and I'd like to point out three applications that are for you and I's everyday life that we'll learn to, to understand it first of all. But then we'll learn to apply it. And, man, that's key. Because you can walk away and go, man, Pastor Richie, that had to be the best sermon you've ever preached. Yeah. You, <laughs> I was waiting for an amen. Thank you, babe. And, and it, just leave it here or we can allow it to change our lives. Yeah. We, we can allow to take what God is speaking to us and change us. So when we understand it and we actually apply it to our life, these are things that are going to bring life to our life. See, too many Christians, they, they, they have some head knowledge, but they don't have the heart knowledge and the application to really walk in the fullness of life that God has for them. So here's the first one that we see in the three verses of Gabriel talking to Joseph. Is The first one is, he shall save us. The, verse 21 says that Jesus would save us from our sins. It's incredibly important to understand that we all needed a Savior. We all needed someone to save us from our sins. Yeah, amen. We do. That's what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to save us from our sins. He came to be a savior. Just so you know, he didn't come to be a lawgiver. He didn't come to be a fault finder. Some of us, again, that's the way we were taught. He came to be a savior. And when he came, he was given the authority to actually forgive us of our sins that we needed forgiveness from. So all of our past sins, present sins, and future sins, when we receive him, we are forgiven. Listen, and God doesn't forgive us like some other people forgive us. In fact, let me show you three ways that God forgives us. The first one is he forgives us freely. He forgives us freely. Have have you ever noticed how much credit card companies and other businesses are are trying to get you to purchase their products so they can reward you for using them? You know, you can get airline miles, you can get free products, you can get food, simply from using their products and service. You are earning those things. But, but here's something you need to know and something I, I need to be very clear about. You cannot earn God's forgiveness. Well, Pastor Richie, I've been doing pretty good this week. I've earned it. You cannot earn His forgiveness. Jesus forgives everyone freely. And that's Everyone. That's people that look like you, think like you, have the same political views that you have and people who don't look like you, don't think like you and have opposite political views that you have. Jesus forgives everyone. Yep. Yes. But listen, it being free doesn't mean that it was cheap. Right. It wasn't. He, yeah. Jesus freely gave a priceless thing of his life so that you and I could walk in freedom. Yes. It was a high price that he paid but it was free. Second thing is he forgives us completely. Yeah. That's awesome. Jesus gives us complete and total forgiveness. Yeah. Each and every one of us. Have you ever had someone who said that they were forgiving you about something, but they keep reminding you about the thing they said they were forgiving you of? Yes. Don't look at your neighbor. How does it make you feel? Right. Like you're really not forgiven. In fact, I can say this, that that relationship will have limited growth because of that limited forgiveness. It's the thing I love about my relationship with Jesus. It has exponential growth because he has exponential forgiveness that he has actually given to me. Listen, unforgiveness stunts the growth of relationships. In fact, it will stunt your relationship with Jesus if you think it's limited. If you think he's forgiven you when you do everything right. Listen, you know when you need grace? When you don't deserve it. Listen, Jesus has given you and I complete and total forgiveness. It's powerful. The third thing is he forgives us instantaneously. Meaning he's not waiting to see if we're going to behave. He's not going to wait to see, well, do they really mean it? He forgives us instantaneously, the moment we give our lives to Him. When we come to Christ, in fact, 1 John 1, 9, and this is when you get born again, when you get saved, it says this, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Some unrighteousness? No, all unrighteousness, past sins, present sins, future sins. When we came to Him, we are completely forgiven that's pretty exciting. I said this last week, but I can't, I'm surprised that some of you haven't gotten up and started running around the building rejoicing today. You are completely forgiven. God forgives us freely. He forgives us completely and he forgives us instantaneously. Listen, there is nothing more challenging, difficult, or painful in your life than you trying to save yourself. It it, it creates legalism, It does, you'll become one of the meanest people in the world. In fact, you ever get around a Christian that's mean? It's because they're trying to save themselves. And they're trying to get you to save yourself too so they can be as miserable as you. You just tell them, it's a done deal for me. I am already saved. I'm a blood-bought child of God. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I am saved by grace, period. So there's nothing worse. Only Jesus can save us. Only Jesus came to save us. So the first application is he shall save us. The second application is that he is with us. Because again, Emmanuel means means God with us, that he is with you and I. Listen, it's not I hope he's with me. It's not he's with me when I feel it. it. It means he is with us every moment, every hour, every day, every week, every year, He is with us. His word says that he has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Show of hands, if you believe the word of God today, you can take that to the bank, that he is with you. You are never alone. God is with you. And listen, even when you're dealing with feelings of loneliness, and listen, you can be living by yourself and feel alone, or you can be living with other people and feel alone. You really can. But listen, I know that it can be tough. But while the relationship with other people are important, you need to pursue them and they're enjoyable to have, Jesus has said that he will always be with you. He will. He's with you to provide for you. He's there to care for you. He's there to protect you. In fact, when I was growing up, I wasn't one of the bigger kids growing up. In fact, I grew about three to four inches after I graduated from high school. And so because my mama didn't raise any dummies, I was smart enough to always make friends with the bigger kids. So I'd always find a kid that was bigger and tougher, or the nice one, and I'd buy him candy, whatever I needed to do so that he could be my buddy. And so when I was around them, I could always act pretty tough. You know, I got the big guys standing behind me because I always knew that they would back me up. And in sixth grade, it was a guy by the name of Rod Canoestrom. He was, he was the biggest kid in school. And because I'd moved to a new school that year, I had some kids that picked on me and they were mean. And some of us just grew up where bullying was the norm you know, And I'm not for bullying, but it was just the norm and what happened. And, and they would mess with me until Rod Knustrum became my friend. And once he became my friend, kids that were picking on me, he would start picking on them. So they would leave me alone at some level. It's not a great, greatest reference, but God's kind of like that too. Now, God's not going to sick your enemies and beat them up or anything like that. But listen, he's there to provide for you. He's there to protect you. He is backing you up. He is there to supply everything that you need. The inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus, I promise you, is more amazing than we realize. So he shall save us. He is with us. And the third and final application that we see, in fact, I'm going to invite the band to come, guys, if you would, is that God is for us. God is for us today. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it says this. What then? You notice the two commas there? It's interesting. What then? Shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? In response to what? God's declaration over our lives. Since he is God with us. Look at the promises from the previous verses to help us understand. And we know that in all things... The good things, the challenging things, that God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined. Listen, you're a mighty man and a mighty woman of God. Let me say that again. You're a mighty man and a mighty woman of God. You are a king's kid. There is an amazing destiny on your life that the enemy is after. But I'm, I'm here to tell you today that there's no devil in hell, there's no demon in hell that can stop the destiny and purpose on your life. You know who the only person is? You. Your unbelief, I can't do it. I'm not going to be able to succeed. You just need to silence that enemy and you need to speak some words of life. I am a king's kid. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm more than a conqueror. Listen, we say some of those verses so many times we just skim right over them. But listen, that's who you are. You're a child of God. You're predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. He's changing you all the time. Sometimes when we're changing, we don't see all the change, and we don't feel all the change, especially when we're looking at other people, but you're changing all the time. That He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those He predestined, watch this, He also called. You've been called today. Those He called, He also justified. Meaning you've been put right with the Creator of the universe. And those He justified, He also glorified. You know, our... our, what we would call humility a lot of times we'll say no I can't be glorified listen when you are glorified when God does something in your life that the world steps back and goes wow it's an opportunity for people to see that God's good by what he's doing in your heart and life we just have to learn to stop thinking it's us yeah I'm the one that provided that raise yeah I'm the one that no it's all about God allow him to glorify us. listen you just have to know today that God is for you. You, do, you, you have to know, and, and it's not based on what you have done or what you not, have not done. God is simply for you. He made a choice to be for you. In, in fact, one of the things I think would be incredible is if we actually made it personal today and saying, instead of saying God is for you, we say, God is for me. In fact, can you say that with me? God is for me. One more time. God is for me. One last time, God is for me. Listen, God's for you today. He is. We we, we feel like He's for us when we're doing right, but when we're not, He's not. He's for you today. That's why God sent His only Son to to save you, to be with you, because He's for you today. He, He wants you to know that He's for you. And since He is for you, who can be against you? What can be against you? No one. No thing. Mean people? No. Haters? No. Sickness and disease? No. Loneliness? Depression? No. Low self-esteem? No. Nothing can be against you today because he he saves us, he's with us, and he's for us. He saves us, he's with us, and he's for us. He saves us, he's with us, and he's for us. He saves us, he's with us, and he's for us today. Listen, that really is the story of Christmas. Again, it is not your journey to connect or engage with God. It's about His journey to connect with and engage with you in good times and in bad times. And listen, He's reaching out to you today because He wants to give you everything that He died to provide for you. The inheritance that He has for you, He wants it to show up in your life, not it to be, well, that's kind of a neat promise. He wants to see it show up in your life. So what's your next step? What's, what's the takeaway from today's message? Well, if you're here today or you're watching online, the first one is if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've never really received Him as your Savior, your first step is to open up your heart, open up your life to Him, and invite Him to come in to be the Savior of your life. The second one is for those of you that have, maybe you're kind of drifting a little bit. You know, over the last several months or weeks, you're just really getting disengaged with God. Your next step re engage. Learn to come to church and be intentional. You know, one of the things my wife and I do on Saturday nights is we're very careful what we do on our Saturdays. And because, because of the fact that I'm going to be speaking and other things, but we want to come and we want to give God our best. We, we want to come on whether I'm preaching or not, I want to hear the word, I want to worship. And, and I can't stay out to all hours of the night and, and work all day on Saturday. I know some of you have to. But what I'm saying is I, we try to do everything that we can to be intentional, to really engage in this moment. Because God's speaking. The body of Christ is incredibly powerful. And the third and final thing is, listen, if, you, if you're already getting this to understand this engagement process even more, to know that God wants you to engage with Him and he wants you to engage with other people. And the amazing thing that happens when we begin engaging with other people is we get other people to engage with God. And for some people, that's they don't know Christ. And so we have the opportunity to actually lead them to Christ. But sometimes they know Christ. But they've just gotten in a, a moment, in a season where they're, they're a little rattled. They're emotionally kind of struggling. That you get an opportunity to show up in their life and remind them, listen, God's for you. God God saves us, God's with us, and he is for us today. And I want to remind you to reconnect with God.